Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm Claudia. Hello. Hello and welcome. <laughs> we are recording same day, so we're still eating Nutella biscuits. Yeah, back to back. <laughs> I told you we were motivated. We've got goals set. Yeah. All the things. But earlier, I was chomping on a thousand harvest crisps, mm -hmm. those snap green peas. I love those until my daughter came and was like, oh, those are good. And <laughs> took the bag and walked away. And harvest snaps, they're peas, but they're like chips. They're crisp, but they're light and airy. Okay. They're called harvest crisps. Mm. I was going to say it's like those sugar peas where I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Those are a little too healthy for me. But then I ended up having one and I think I ate almost the whole bag. <laughs> I love those. I dip yeah. them in hummus. Mm -hmm. They're so good. So that was my midnight snack, my society hack, which I lovingly chose to call nonprofits okay. because that's what they are. They're just a way to fix society. I wanted to share with you a nonprofit specifically for children of murdered parents or siblings it was kind of hard to find. A lot of them were parents with murdered children. This one is based out of Columbus, Ohio. Such a sweet spot in a community. So they do therapeutic groups for them and specialized counseling for that type of grieving, mm -hmm. because I can't imagine. You can run over to their website at dfyf.org and support their mission. These people, they're just angels on earth. Mm -hmm. I just love that we lift them up sometimes. They're doing the good things. Yes. Our time is limited, so we're jumping into <laughs> our case. In this episode, we're unraveling the story of Ayana Kasyan, a 28-year-old Ukrainian whose dreams led her to the bright lights of Los Angeles in 2014. She was a former law student with a great personality and hopes of beginning a modeling career. But fate took an unexpected turn when a random person she meets not only shatters her hopes and dreams, but it also ended up taking her life. Within mere months of her arrival, she was already causing a ruckus in the competitive world of modeling, which isn't easy to do. It's very caddish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picture that world very catty. She socialized a lot and enjoyed that in the glitzy Hollywood industry, hoping for her big break. And it was there that she crossed paths with a man named Blake Libel in 2015. He was a writer, director, and film producer. I already don't like him. <laughs> the pair began this whirlwind romance. They quickly became engaged. While Ayana was outgoing and beautiful, he was socially awkward. And fortunately for him, what he lacked in charm, he made up for in wealth. That's not a bad thing. We're going to talk about Blake for a second. He's an interesting character. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. His father made a fortune in real estate, and his mother came from old money. They were multimillionaires. Blake and his younger brother, Cody, they never wanted for anything. And just before becoming adults, their parents ended the marriage, and Cody chose to live with his father while Blake chose to live with their mother. Blake was given free reign to do pretty much anything he pleased, 
and he eventually began spending time in New York City's eclectic artists community with an $18,000 a month stipend at his disposal. Since he was very generous, of course, the community welcomed him with open arms. Mm -hmm. Money talks. In 2009, Blake had written, directed, and produced a raunchy comedy called Bald. Now, I haven't watched it myself, but it was given like one star. No one liked it at all. (laughs) But he was determined to make a name for himself, and he could pretty much fund any project of his choosing. A year later, he assisted in the creation of a graphic novel called Syndrome, which told the story of a psychologist trying to find a cure for murder. And the illustrations depicted victims being hung upside down and bled dry. (gasps) The cover featured a baby doll with its scalp removed, exposing the brain. It had the text, We all become monsters in the end, which would to some foreshadow what would soon come. In 2011, Blake's mother passed away, leaving him richer than he ever imagined. After inheriting $5.5 million from her estate, he permanently settled in Hollywood. And later that same year, this is prior to Ayana, he had married his longtime girlfriend, model Amanda Braun. And not long after they got married, they welcomed home their first child. And although Blake had become a family man, it wasn't a part he could play for long. By 2015, he was back on the dating scene. And the fact that he had a wife and son at home hadn't seemed to bother him in the least. Gross. When Ayana was introduced to him, she was falling for him right away. He was good-looking, and money grew on trees wherever he walked. Where was he (laughs) good-looking? He was good-looking to her. It seemed there was only one obstacle standing in the way of their happiness. Amanda, who was a month away from delivering their second child. And believing that the heart Once what it wants, he had packed his things and left his family to be with the new woman in his life. But Ayana wanted to make sure that his loose ends were tied up before moving any further forward. She was very adamant with making sure things were right and that he was actually leaving. Blake assured her that the marriage was over long before she entered the picture The way he told it, he and Amanda had been separated for quite some time, and they were headed for divorce one way or the other. Satisfied that she wasn't a homewrecker, Ayana focused all of her attention on building a life with him in the West Hollywood condo that they both called home. Before long, she announced that she was also pregnant, and he had taken the news much better than she expected. But she didn't realize that he was a much better actor than he was a filmmaker. When Ayana would ask him, hey, how is the divorce going? His usual answer was that the papers were in the process of being finalized. And that just kind of became his go-to all the time. Meanwhile, his wife had a baby too, a second baby. So as weeks stretched into months, she waited patiently for the day when they would walk down the aisle, which she hoped would be before her baby was born. 
And it was during these months that the stress on the couple would begin to mount because his brother, Cody, who was an amateur poker player, owed millions of dollars to the Russian mafia. And while there was no evidence of this, Blake had become convinced that he and his family were being targeted by the mob. I could see being paranoid when you have that much money and your brother is big time into poker like that and just Mm -hmm. dumping it all. As if his paranoid delusions weren't enough, he was also juggling not two, but three relationships at once. Besides his wife, Amanda, who was caring now for their toddler and newborn, and his pregnant girlfriend, Ayana, he was also seeing Constance Bukafuri, another attractive young woman who had fallen under this guy's spell. He must be really funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you would win me over. (laughs) When he fell for Constance, he wanted her so bad, he put her up in one of his many homes that he owned. And none of these women, of course, knew about each other. In March of 2016, Ayana delivered a daughter that they named Diana. And she's just adorable. Ayana's mother, Olga, had flown in from the Ukraine to be by her daughter's side and also to help the baby during the recovery. Less than a month later, Constance had Blake arrested on charges of sexual assault. (gasps) And though it meant revealing the affair that he had been trying to hide all this time, he still called Ayana and asked her to post bail, which she did do without hesitating. But she also realized that Blake was a cheater and had been all along. So she packed up Diana, who was just a few days old, and moved in with her mom. During one of the many heart-to-hearts they would have in the coming days, her daughter had confided to Olga that Blake had demanded sex from her multiple times a day, even though she had just been released from the hospital. He warned her that if she didn't give him what he wanted, he would get it elsewhere. See that right there, yeah. (laughs) Bye. She was also sad that he really had no interest in Diana. Rather than being any type of father, he was just jealous of the baby for hogging all of her attention. On Tuesday, May 23rd, 2016, Olga and her daughter went shopping for a stroller with Diana. And at some point in the afternoon, Diana received a text from Blake. And although Olga didn't see what the message said, she could tell by the expression on her daughter's face that it wasn't good. Mm. And before she could get any information, Ayana rushed off saying that she needed to go to their condo in West Hollywood. So their day was cut short, and Olga had taken the baby home with her and waited to hear from Ayana. And hours went by with no word from her, so she started to feel worried like something was really wrong. And she tried calling her cell phone several times, but the calls went straight to voicemail. So she contacted the police, who told her that they would check into it and get back with her later. When she hadn't heard anything by the next morning, she asked a friend to stay with the baby while she went to the condo. And after finding the gate locked, 
She had stood in front of the building trying to figure out a way in. She was convinced her daughter was in there. Sure. And as she looked around for a way to get in, she sees Blake staring at her from a third floor window. Their eyes meet. She calls his name and asks to be let in, and he pretends to not hear her. Another beautiful resident of this apartment complex notices her, unlocks the gate, and lets her inside. So when she reaches the condo where she's sure her daughter was being held against her will, she begins banging on the door and ringing the bell. And when no one answers, calls the police again, who meet her at the building. The responding officers pounded on the door a few times before they gave up. They got back in their car and drove away. Poor Olga was left on her own with nothing left to do. She went home and hoped against hope that Ayana was safe. On Thursday morning, Olga placed her third call in to police. And after explaining to them, with the help of an interpreter, that her daughter was recovering from surgery and might be suffering from complications, they finally made arrangements to meet her again at the condo. After knocking on the door and receiving no answer, officers had called out loud and clear that they were from the sheriff's department. They contacted the property manager, and when she turned the key to let them in, they realized that someone had locked the inside locks, meaning either somebody was still inside or somebody had jumped from the balcony. Right. They had to break the door down. They made their way through the living room where they saw no signs of life, and when they came to the first bedroom, they discovered that it was locked, Instead of busting through, they took the door off the hinges. There wasn't anyone inside the bedroom, but it was a mess and there was blood on the bedding. So when they moved to the next room, it was also locked and they tried to force their way in when they hear a male voice tell them, I'm not coming out. And when officers told him that they needed to see Ayana, he said that she was not home. As they tried to convince Blake to show himself, he ends up calling a friend and asking him to come over. What? What's he going to do? His friend actually shows up and manages to persuade Blake to open the door. He removed a mattress that he had used to barricade the room. He comes out wearing a pair of boxer shorts. That's it. And by this time, homicide detectives were already on standby, wanting to know what was hidden in this bedroom. Investigators immediately noticed smears of blood that looked as if someone had been working hard to clean up evidence of a crime. They saw a woman lying on the bed under a blanket. The victim, who they presumed to be Ayana, had suffered horrific injuries. The top of her head had been removed, and the right side of her face and right ear were missing. When officers pulled back the covers, they saw that Ayana's nude body was as white as a hotel bed sheet. And they would later learn that this lack of color was due to the fact that her body had been drained of her blood. 
He had fun with this. He took his time. Well, he had time. Blake was arrested on the spot and led away in handcuffs as he passed Olga, who hadn't been allowed to enter. She knew that she was never going to see her daughter again. As he was being booked, they could clearly see he was scratched and bruised on his face. She fought for her life. He also had at least one bite mark on his arm. Just anything she could do to survive. Wow. He denied having anything to do with her death. He told the interviewers that science would exonerate him. And no one knew what that meant. Like he didn't do it? Yeah. Obviously, he did. Investigators were puzzled at first by the lack of blood at the scene, especially since the coroner's findings were that Ayana had died from a combination of blunt force trauma to the head and from bleeding to death. Since the average human body holds over a gallon of blood, they needed to find out where all that fluid had gone. Yeah. So thanks to a form of luminol known as Blue Star Magnum, they would find their answer. When Blue Star was sprayed through the condo, the guest bedroom and adjoining bathroom glowed this really bright blue-purple. Huge amounts of blood had been spilled in those areas. Well, and he had plenty of time to clean it up. The medical examiner estimated that her torture lasted anywhere from six to eight hours. Her death had been so drawn out that security cameras captured at least two instances where he had food delivered. Wow. Yeah. He got hungry. He needed a snack. What a prick. He would stop torturing her periodically in order to grab a bite to eat. That's disgusting. He even referred to her as his beloved, as he would talk to them. And during the course of their investigation, detectives uncovered trash bags that had bloody clothing, sheets, blankets in the building's dumpster. So at some point, he had made an effort to get rid of things. Mm -hmm. But a bloody handprint was found on the lid that matched his He's so dumb, too. Well, he is. Because, again, here's me. I'm like, what's the plan? You're disposing of evidence. You're taking it out of the apartment. You're cleaning. Right. But you're playing with her. You're draining her blood, chipping away at her body. Right. What are you doing? His motives remained a mystery. He refused to take any blame in her murder. And it was up to investigators to piece together everything. What was most likely the scenario? No one was willing to talk about him on the record to investigators. They went through friends and family. I'm so sad. Since no one in Blake's circle would speak either for or against him, detectives decided to talk to Olga and try to find out what was going on. And after learning that he had grown distant once the baby had entered the picture, they decided that his resentment towards Ayana for choosing Diana over him is what brought the hostility into their relationship. Oh my gosh, she was like a few days old. It's not even like it's gone over weeks or months. 
Blake's trial for her murder finally happened in June of 2018. And though he was bending over backwards to appear incompetent, a court-appointed psychiatrist who examined him prior to the proceedings concluded that he was fully capable of understanding right from wrong. Good. They pointed to the fact that he had taken a lot of time to try to clean up the mess as proof that he knew exactly what he had done and that he didn't want to get caught. Prosecutors brought up the graphic novel that he was a part of during that trial. And although Blake hadn't actually written that book, he had signed off on it and had also been instrumental in getting it published. The similarities between the murder and the book were hard to ignore. So the jury viewed the pictures and the injuries of Ayana and learned that she had been scalped from the back of her head to the front. It was disgusting. To make it even worse, they heard testimony that she was alive when the top of her head was removed and probably survived for some time after. With the evidence of what the victim had been forced to endure for hours on end, few in the jury were able to hold back from crying. At one point, Olga had taken the stand to share her thoughts. And while she admitted that he had seemed head over heels in love with her daughter, she was also quick to add that his affections shifted after the baby. It was obvious that this man wasn't about to play backseat to anyone. So the proceedings lasted six days. It was alleged that the defendant himself had openly acknowledged that he knew women only wanted him for his money. Have you looked in the mirror? (laughs) Especially these pictures lately. Yes. And you know, in a way, I think that's got to be difficult to even when you're a kid, are your friends your friends because they like you? Or is it because your parents have money? When he was finished with one woman, there was always another. The defense called no witnesses, and Blake wasn't called to the stand to tell his story. Considering his complete denial of the facts, this decision was probably for the best. Following three hours of deliberations, the jury found Blake liable guilty of murder and torture in the death of Ayana Kassian. On June 26, 2018, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, and an appeal was launched soon afterwards, which was denied in April of 2020. So you'll love this. Olga sued Blake in civil court on both her and her granddaughter's behalf for Ayana's wrongful death, and on February 15th, 2019, she was awarded $41.6 million. Nice. Today, Olga is raising Diana in the Ukraine. No one on her father's side of the family has ever shown any interest in getting to know the little girl that Blake Libel helped bring into the world. As far as anyone knows, they have never met her or acknowledged her existence. It's probably just as well. And I hope Olga and Diana are okay in the Ukraine. I hope so too. 
But it's so sad. Ayanna had the American dream, but she was laid to rest in her hometown of Kaif, far away from the bright lights of Hollywood. And as a result of Blake Libel's actions, Diana will only know her from pictures and news stories documenting her murder at the hands of a man that she had once loved. Mm. Sweet baby. Yeah. And it's sad that her mom knew something was wrong. And I just can only imagine the helplessness she must have felt as he's looking at her. Yeah. And I can't do anything. The cops can't do anything. She must have laid in bed all night just thinking about it. You hand your baby over to your mom, especially that young. Mm -hmm. You're going to be checking in. For sure. I would love to know what that text message said that made her rush over there so quickly. Well, I can't imagine the torture she must have been going Mm. through. He was demanding of her. That's sexual abuse. Yes. Go, mom, for fighting for her granddaughter. Money doesn't fix anything and can't bring her mom back, but I certainly hope it'll help Diana have a better life. They definitely deserve it. Yeah, that was I just really good. I just wonder how how much he thought about doing that before he did that mm-hmm. and how similar it was to the book. I guess if you were planning on actually doing anything, why would you put this in a book? Mhm. Shows me he doesn't have much of a plan. That or he thought he would never go through with anything. Well, it's kind of like uh I know you've heard of Corey Richens who wrote a children's book about the loss of a father and it was a children's book, How to Explain Death to Your Child. And she made her rounds talking about her book and the loss of her husband. And turns out she is the one that killed him. Okay, I haven't heard of that. (gasps) Oh, you haven't? That was just like last year? Oh my gosh. Corey Richens? Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to look that up. Wow, that was really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, you guys, and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. We hope you're staying sassy. Money can't buy you love. We've always said, if you think he's cheating, Claudia and I have a side hustle that we will catfish. We'll slide into his DMs. Yeah, we will holler at him. We have amazing AI pictures of us. Because the real ones aren't so great. (laughs) I can't catfish anybody with this face. (laughs) Nope. Me either. We have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Stay sassy. Stay judgy. Stay tuned in with us. Okay, bye. Bye.